Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Amen. I hope you've had a great week. Shall we please turn in our Bibles this morning to Zechariah chapter 4 from 1 to 3. The Bible says, Now the angel who talked with me came back and he awakened me as a man who is waking out of his sleep. He said to me, What do you see? And so I said, I am looking and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bow on top of it and on the stand seven lamps and seven pipes of the seven lamps. And there are two olive trees by it, one on each side of the bowl, on the left and on the right. Hallelujah. Let's begin by looking at the word characteristics, because the title of our theme is Characteristics of the New Beginnings. Characteristics of New Beginnings. And let's look at that word characteristics. What really does it mean? It means peculiar features. When we say something in the new beginning, what am I supposed to look for? What makes it new? There are peculiar features of new beginnings that are indicative factors that are typical to that particular thing. So when I want to look at the characteristics of a beginning, these are the things I should look for. And we know that about three Sundays ago, we had a, a word from uh, a pastor, Pastor Ronke Lulano, as she blessed us. And God gave us five prophetic words, uh, which I like to call the five stones. <laughs> the five prophetic stones that we had in that message. One, we were told that rejoice, for your warfare is ended. The warfare is ended. That the comfort of God is here. And I want you to always, every time you hear the word, receive it and pray it and say, Lord, I receive it. My warfare is ended. Warfare does not mean that there is no more battles. It means on stage, that particular thing you're dealing with is ended. We were told that the voice of change is here. The voice of change is here. And as the word of God is coming to you today, may that word become a voice in your spirit. And changing things, changing circumstances in your life and over your city. In the name of Jesus wherever you are joining us this morning, from across the world, the voice of change is here. I pray that God will make you also that voice of change. Bringing light into darkness. We're told that the spoken word of God will be manifested. And that the disadvantage shuts on to an advantage. I don't know what you have considered to be a disadvantage in your life. Maybe you thought, well, I could have got that job because I was short. Or I had got news for you. We are in a season that your height will actually be measured to the job God is bringing your way. You could have thought that whatever the thing you considered, maybe because you were too tall. I don't know what to consider to be a disadvantage. That would be the reason why God is beginning this new beginning for you. In Jesus' name. And lastly, we were told that there shall be restoration. Restoration of dreams, of hope, of lost dreams, of, of lifting, of promotions, opportunities you lost shall be restored. Now, we said to ourselves, if that's what God wants to do, how do I recognize it? How do I know what are the characteristics of that thing that God wants to do? So last week, we began by talking about the fact that there has to be a spiritual encounter. A spiritual encounter. 
You know, you must understand that everything begins with God. God is the start, is the source, is the sustainer. May he sustain the things we started in your life in Jesus' name. And so we said you can't have a beginning outside God. It's got to be with God. It's got to represent what God is doing in your days. Amen. So he said to us, the angel who spoke to me, he came again. An encounter in the spirit. He came again. This is a season you are going to have re renewal of dreams. He came again. Your best days will not be behind you. God is quickening you again in this season. He's rebooting things in this time. It's almost like the beginning of year. Wow! He came again. So God is awakening you into a new day. He said when he came, he woke me up. And you don't have to be sleeping to be awakened. We told ourselves that Peter, he was wide awake when he denied Jesus Christ three times. And on the third occasion, he woke up. Whoa! What have I done? My dear friends, he woke me up because there was an awakening. We said because of that, that's the word vigilance. Because if God is walking in your time, he's bringing you into a time of renewal, you've got to be vigilant. You've got to be conscious of what he's doing in your time. You may not have been conscious at the beginning of it, but by the time this is over, you know God is touching you. It was Jacob who was sleeping. He said, well, God was in this place. I did not know it. He didn't know God was there, but he knew by the time it was over. You will know God is doing something in this time. I know. So that was vigilance. We couldn't go too far on that last week. Today, we want to press on into the new level. And the second characteristic we want to look at today is vision. He said, it, he woke me up. And then he said, what do you see? What do you see? Now, this question is not just a literary question is not just an ordinary question which you're just going to take it. What do you see? Because the angel knew that Zechariah was not blind. He wasn't just asking, okay, do you see three fingers? Do you see two fingers? No. He's asking him, what did he see in the spirit? What do you see God's doing at this time? We know this coronavirus pandemic all over the place, but what do you see? What do you see concerning your education at this time? Do you think you're just going to be home you're just going to be at home just sitting for the rest of the year and doing nothing. What do you see? What do you think is about your career? What do you see right now? Because you must understand that God is doing something. And unless you see it, you cannot be it. What do you see for your children now? What do you see? As you are marking your birthdays, as you are marking your anniversaries, what do you see? What do you see for your business whether you are opening halfway or opening fully way or whatever the thing is, what do you see? What do you see for your business? What do you see for your ministry? What do you see for your career right now? The angel of the Lord asked me, what do you see? My dear friends, it's important for you to know that starting with what you see. Why? Because the journey of your new beginning, first of all, must have been traveled. God takes you to the end of your journey and then he brings you back to the beginning. What do you see? That's how God operates. He took the man to walk through the waters. He said the water came from the pulpit. From underneath the pulpit and he went to the street. He began from my ankle deep. From my neck down to my knee deep. My waist deep. It became a water. A river that no man can walk. And he saw it to the ends. And then he brought me back to the beginning again. And that's how God works. What do you see? He will show you first. 
before he brings you to begin the journey. What do you see? I know you have had several messages on vision, but there's something today God has for somebody. What do you see? You might say to me, well, I'm traveling from here to Manchester or Birmingham or where, Scotland, wherever you're going. You say, okay, so when are you coming back? Well, I'm going to leave Manchester at uh, 2 o'clock. And then I'll be back in London. At th- now, listen to me. I am still in London, but I'm telling you I'm going to leave Manchester at 2 o'clock. Which means, in my mind, I've already seen myself travel to Manchester. And I've already determined the time I'm leaving Manchester. There is something about what you see. It must happen before you begin the journey. What do you see in this relationship? You don't jump into it before you now begin to say, okay, okay, we've been sleeping with each other now. What do you see? Really? There are many people that, listen, the days of the old are gone. This is a new day. What do you see? We must understand what we are getting into before we got into it. You don't begin to eat before you know how much it's going to cost. God says, I've woken you up now. My dear friends, when God wakes you up, the first thing he does is to start adjusting your vision. When you wake up, even naturally in the morning, the first thing you do, you begin to rub your eyes. What are you doing? You are sharpening your vision. May your eyes of understanding be enlightened this morning in the name of Jesus. You are waking unto a new thing. And the first thing you are doing is not just, oh, I'm going to rush to eat. No, you are adjusting your sights. Remember in John chapter 4, Jesus Christ met the woman by the well. And he was weary from his journey. So he asked his disciples to go to town to go buy some food. And then when they came back, they, they expected him to still be hungry to eat. He said, well, master, we brought food. First of all, they were kind of surprised that he was talking to this woman. Who speaks to this kind of woman at this time of the day? And they said, Master, did somebody give you food? He said, no, you know what? I have food of which you know not of. He said, because when you can't see the way God is seeing, you will be interpreting wrongly. And then he said to them in verse 34, he said, my meat is to do the will of he who sent me on to complete it. So I'm asking you, what do you see? Do you see yourself completing the assignments of God? Do you see yourself completing the things he has called you to do? Or do you think, well, I'm just going to abandon my progress in school, in college, in my projects that I'm writing, in my PhD, whatever the thing is doing. You are doing before coronavirus. What do you see? God is about finishing. And then I love something he said. Amazing. He said, for you know the saying. For some says, it is still four months unto harvest. Look at that. You are saying it is still four months unto harvest. But I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. Open your eyes and look at the fields. Did they close their eyes? No. He was asking them to open their eyes of understanding. He said they are ripe for harvest. Why you are thinking it's not time to expand your business? Open your eyes. At this season, people are getting saved. At this season, people are building houses. At this season, people are expanding their businesses. And also at this season, people are becoming backsliding. Open your eyes. There is work to do. You must understand that in every season, light and darkness operate. It depends on how you see yourself as which agent for God to use you. 
Open your eyes. And then he says, I love that. In that scripture, it says, even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. The sower and the reaper. My dear friends, you can't sit on a fence. You have to understand that God has a plan for your life. You must be involved in gathering together. Involved in making an impact in your generation. Because there's something to do. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 14, Bible tells us, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are. I love that scripture. Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you. All the land which you see, I will give to you and your descendants. You know, the New Living Translation says, look as far as you can see in all directions. Let me just break that scripture down for a second. As far as you can see. Really, how far can the eye see? Because somebody can look at that scripture and just give it a plain interpretation. And say, well, God is really undercutting his blessing. Because no matter how good your eyesight is, you can't see to the end of this country. If you stand somewhere. Abraham was asked to stand and to see as far as his eyes can see. A land which is going to distribute to his children, children, his grandchildren. They're going to inherit a whole nation. And God was telling him to as far as his eyes can see. Which means it was not about physical sight. Now I ask you this. How far can you see? Another thing is God didn't tell him to you know, get on a flight and begin to fly around. He said, where you are. I want you to understand that from where you are, God has an answer for you. He has a blessing for you. You don't need to actually shift. From where you are, you can dream another dream. How far can you see from where you are? The husband you will marry is not far to you. The wife you will marry is not far. He said, he said can you lift up your eyes and see? Can you see? That business is close to you. That success is so close to you. If you can only see, he said, come out of your tent. The tent was a limiting thing. And then he said, come out of it. And then lift up your eyes and see as far as you can see. So the whole extent of the land that God's going to give to Israel and Judah was shown to their great-grandfather, Abraham, the father of faith. What are we saying here? Listen to this. The power of a man's mantle is in what he sees. The power of your mantle, the power of, when we say the Father's Day, the power of your ability to impart the next generation depends on what you see. What do you see? How far can you see as a man? And when I say a man, there are women who are actually carrying on the role of a man and a woman. They are single mothers and they, are, they have to be the father, they have to be the mother. Equally, how far can you see for that child under your tutelage? Under your care, how far can you see? Abraham had to see for himself. He had to see himself possessing nations. He had to see himself possessing territories. He had to see himself possessing land, new land, from where he was. He had to see that. Why? Because it was at a time in his life that his headsmen and the headsmen of Lot, they were clashing over a little strip of land. My dear friends, 
unless you can see far, you will keep on getting involved in little squabbles. How far can you see? How far can you see? Do you really understand? If you only allow God to show you what is God in mind for you, you know the world is in your reach. You know, there's something about how far you can see. The distance or the length of a man's journey, how far you're going to travel determines on how far you prepare. If you understand my journey is so far, you begin early. You travel, you package, you pack the food, you pack the clothes, the things you will need for the journey. Why? Because the journey is far. But if all you want to do is just to go down the road to your street, you could even go down in your flippers. You can just go down in, you know, slippers. You can just go down in flip-flop. You can just come back. You know what? It doesn't, you don't need to package anything. But because the journey is far, you package the journey. And I care to tell somebody this morning, your journey is really far. God wants you to reach the whole ends of the earth. And that's why you have to see far. You have to understand the things we do, the way we package things, the things we do must carry grace for the journey. As a man, a father, you have to have a dream much bigger than I just want to live and just enjoy myself. If one day you see a possibility of some children you have not yet met coming behind you, pointing to a, a portrait on the wall and say, I want to thank God for grandpa. I thank God for daddy. I thank God for this man that God brought into my life. Listen to me. There are people who will father generations they didn't give birth to. But God used them to mentor them. God used them to shape them. You need to understand that the, the capacity to birth the new level into people, that's what we are talking about as a father. Yes, there is a biological father, but there is another dimension that is also very important. Now one day somebody can point to, you know, if not for this man in my life, I will not be here. We will not be here. A new generation that can point to somebody who had gone ahead of them. Because you came, because you paid the price, because you walked away, we can say thank you. We can say thank you. We can say thank you. It's important for you to understand this dimension that you have to have a, the ability to have this, this spiritual perception that there is something that is still ahead of me. That's why I can't just sit here and begin to celebrate myself. Elisha. Elisha was following Elijah. At a time that all the prophets in the school of prophets, they thought it was all over. It was a time of lockdown. It was all over. Everybody should just go home and just don't worry yourself. We don't need to take God serious. <laughs> I mean, there's a lockdown in church. Elisha said, not for me. That is something I'm pursuing. That is something I'm after. That is something that is, is moving in my spirit. I can't stop it until I get it. He said, do you not know that the, your master is about to be taken from you? He said, no, not me. He said, just leave me alone. I, he just just leave me alone. I am pursuing something. My dear friends, you must learn to cut off some, some people who can't see what you see. That's what Abraham did. When Abraham realized that the headers of Lot and his own headers were beginning to squabble, he said, you know what? There is a time for separation. We need to cut this up because I have something bigger to do. You know, the moment he did that, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 13 verse 14 that we read earlier on, he said, after Lot had separated from him, after Lot had separated from him, you must understand certain things and I want to quickly run through that. 
There are certain associations and habits that you must disconnect yourself from in this new beginning. For your vision to be sharp, you must dissociate yourself from certain habits and certain associations. You know, some habits of, it doesn't matter we can be late. It does not matter we can get there. We'll get there anytime. We don't need to go to church. We don't need to pray. We don't need to join the prayer line. We don't need to study. We will get the books after. We don't need to be serious at work. Nobody's looking at us. You know, it's, uh, they, are, they are just cheating us in this place. See a man who is diligent in his business? How do you want to stand before kings if you're not serious? You must dissociate yourself from certain habits. Unprofitable habits. Things that cannot stand the, the, the text of your journey. Number two, very important. Cut yourself from pessimists. And those who only have yesterday's memory of failure to refer to. Cut yourself off from them. They don't see any good thing. You know this coronavirus thing has really messed up everybody. There is nothing good this year. I'm just waiting for this year to be over. And then I can start 2021. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's the one I'm waiting for. Because this year is gone now. Run away from such people. If God can make the entire universe in seven days, there is nothing he cannot still do. There is nothing, absolute nothing he cannot do. I'll never forget. Many years ago, when my wife thought it was all over, for us, she conceived in April. Now watch that. Conceived in April and gave birth to a baby in November. How, how do you explain that? Conceived in April, gave birth to a baby in November. There is nothing God can't do. You must understand, if you keep on thinking it's all over, I don't need to put in an effort. No, that's not you. Have you seen people run in a race? When they are saying to themselves, you can do it, you can do it. And then they just summon the energy from nowhere. I pray for you today, the grace, the capacity, ability to summon energy. And ability to rise up above your past weakness. Receive it in the name of Jesus. You must cut yourself loose from people and say, no, they've left you already. They've left you, you don't need to make effort. What do you see? What do you see? Do you know? When we come to services over the years, when the church was just being formed, when I'm ministering, I am not, I'm not seeing any empty room. When we started this church, that's why this day, even though it's an empty auditorium, I'm not seeing empty auditorium. I am seeing a field stadium. I'm seeing a world full of listeners. I'm seeing people who are coming from all walks of life who are actually hearing the word of God. That's what I see. I've seen people in the prison cells who are lunging in through their device and say, you know, I need to hear this message. I've seen somebody who's about to go into an interview right now who is listening to this kind of message. I'm listening to a wife, a husband who is thinking this marriage is all over. I say, you know what? I'm going to give it another try. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing. What can you see? What do you see? After you have been encountered, you have encountered the power of the Holy Ghost, you must see something. I know it's been difficult. I know you've lost that pregnancy. But my dear friend, dream again. I know it's hard. The doctor's report was difficult for you to swallow, but dream another dream. It's not over. Your new beginnings is tied to your seeing beyond your current situation. The current situation does not seem encouraging. It doesn't seem encouraging. 
You know, every time you look at the news, and I listen to the news, how the government is pumping one billion, extra one billion, into this, extra one billion, into that. Now you have to say to yourself, this is not really looking funny. But you know something that encourages me? Is to know fully well that the economy you thought was healthy before began somewhere. And then there's going to be a new beginning. I know this is not going to be the end of our story. This tree we bought again. There is a scent of water coming upon your life. And you receive it in Jesus' name. Many fathers and mothers have had to fight several battles. Several battles. They paid personal sacrifices. So that they can actually hand over a better tomorrow to their children. To the next generation. They fought battles. They made sacrifices. They denied themselves today. So that tomorrow you as a young person, can have a better tomorrow. You must understand that price was paid. It was not because your parents didn't know how to, how to live large like you want to live today. Now what price are you paying today? Because you too, you have a story to tell somebody tomorrow. The prices and the sacrifices of the fathers before us must not be in vain. We have to understand that there is a price that was paid because of the future that they saw. The future that they saw. The future that they saw. And many people, when they come into a new country, just like Abraham was a sojourner in the foreign country, the Bible said he lived in tents. Oh my goodness. He lived in tents. And how dare you, young person, young man, young woman, beginning to point to your fingers, Mom, Dad, why are we living in a small house like this? My friend's house is bigger. If your parents were to buy the kind of house they really wish to live in, you will not have the kind of education you are getting today. They're paying a price so that your future can be better. On the Father's Day, I must remind us the price that was paid to get us here. The gospel we are preaching today, some people lay down their life. Very important, friends, that we must let our sons and our daughters know the history of where they come from. How we got here. We must let them know the dreams we had at their age and the choices that we made, including the mistakes that we made, no matter how bad it was. Let them know so that they can have vision. They can dream a better vision. They can have a greater vision so that they can exceed our limits. This is how it should be. Some of the things that happen, the Bible tells us in Psalm 44, it was a contemplation of the sons of Korah. And every time I read that psalm, it touches my heart. Why? Because this was several years later. The sons of Korah, now you know, this, you know the family, the Korahs. This is a family that actually, they contended against Moses. And the earth opened and swallowed them up. So several years later, their generation, they said something amazing. In Psalm 44 verse 1, we have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers told us. The deeds that you did in their days, in the days of the old. We have heard with our ears. My dear friends, as we celebrate the Father's Day, it's important for us to let our children hear without ears. Let them hear the challenges. Let them hear the testimonies. Let them hear the struggles. Let them hear the breakthroughs. Let them hear about the dreams we couldn't reach. Of course, let them dream their own dream. Let them understand the mistakes we made and how God brought us through. We have heard with our ears. My question for you today, what are the things we are teaching the leaders of tomorrow? 
What would the young people of today say they heard from us? You must understand that God created you to fulfill destiny. Are you fulfilling that destiny? I pray for you today in the name of Jesus that the number of your days you will fulfill. You will not die premature death in the name of Jesus. Your children will achieve greater, greater than you in your lifetime in Jesus' name. I pray that the legacy which you are leaving behind for the children will be that which will inspire them and the children behind them. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, he said, for by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he will receive as an inheritance. May you receive the inheritance of God in the name of Jesus. He said he went out. Why? Because he was awake. He went out. May the spirit of disobedience not operate upon you. He went out not knowing where he was going. May there be a divine hand guiding you in the journeys of life in the name of Jesus. He said, Abraham went through that. He waited for a city which had foundations, which builder and maker is God. Why? He saw for what he saw. When you wake up in the morning, my friend, I want to ask you, what do you see? The victory does not come without the effort. You have to work. Who you think you are is who you are really are. If you see yourself in this season, you see yourself as a person that this coronavirus is going to be the beginning of greatness for you. In every area, my dear friends, that's what you will get. That's what you will get. Optimism produces the internal motivation. It's almost like God's own stimulant for the believer. I prophesy for your eyes today that you will see greatness before it closes finally. You know the Bible said in Psalm 139, Verse 16, he said, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned me when as yet there was none of them. What does that say? I decree in the name of Jesus, a door of great season over you. There are unformed things. They will begin to be forming right now in the name of Jesus. We receive a new door of favor of testimonies in the name of Jesus Daniel chapter 2, 21 says, It is God that changes times and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. Hallelujah. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those of understanding. In this season, receive the wisdom to take you to the next level. Receive the understanding to know how to walk through the doors. In the name of Jesus, there are people sitting in your seat. In this season of change, we move them in Jesus' name. And when you show up, you will show up with wisdom. You will show up with character. You will show up with ability to fill up the space. In Jesus' name, receive that ability. Enter into a new world of abundance. In Jesus' name, it is well with you. When this season is over, you will rise to a new level. A new level that none in your generation has ever seen. In Jesus' mighty name. Let me quickly just mention one more before we close. Another important characteristic is the voice. The voice. And I want to leave this in your hand to walk on it. The voice. After he saw what he saw, the angel asked him, what did you see? And then he spoke. Listen to what he said. He said, I saw. He described what he saw. And then he asked a question. He asked a question. The voice. You must know how to ask the relevant question. 
ask the relevant question. Friends, is the question you are asking of life that will answer you. Ask the relevant question. In this season we are in, what is the question you are asking? Ask the relevant question. When we talk about the voice of change is here. What is that voice going to change? Ask the relevant question. There are a thousand and one things he could have asked the angel. Because it was a season of oppression. It was a season that the enemy was stopping them from doing what they wanted to do. He could have asked. But he just said, what is this thing? What are these two? I know about lamp. I've seen the lamp in the temple. I know what the lamp is by the altar. But this is an unusual, unusual setting. Because the lamp is the priest that needed to pour oil. But this one is being sustained by these olive trees on the side. What is this? What is unique about this picture I'm looking at? Somebody here needs to understand when you have that dream, ask the relevant question. Don't wake up and begin just to play around with it. Put it on social media where you're not asking questions. To be a voice. My dear friends, before we become the voice of change, we must hunger. We must hunger. There has to be hunger on the inside of us. Blessed are they that hunger and fast for righteousness. We're going to pick it up from there next week. We're going to pick it up because there's so much I want to share with you on this one. You must hunger. There is a difference between a voice and a noise. According to your word, I pray for you today. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you that when you speak, you will speak from the position of rest. Position of rest, position of peace. Somebody who has encountered God. So that when you speak, your word will be life. In the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us that. That's in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. It says grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. I pray that in this season you will know God. In this season you will know of God's will. You will know of God's plan in the name of Jesus. In 2 Peter 1, 19 to 20, he said we have a more sure word of prophecy. I pray that when you speak, your word will be the light. Your word will be the answer that the generation is waiting for. Listen, why we celebrate the fact that the whole world can tune into all various churches and you know there's no more wars. Eyes are on us now. The world is looking at us now. Why we celebrate black life matters. All life matters. All kind of things matters. God works matters. Listen to me. Carefully, listen. Everybody is now waiting. Okay, you say you are up to it. We want to see you do it. You want the opportunity. We want to see you do it. One of our sisters, I want to understand how God is raising people in this time. One of our sisters in the position of authority. For a long time, she's been telling her colleagues on the board level. That we need to do something for the people of minority, ethnic, ethnic minority. And he's been bringing, they say, you know what, uh, we'll get there. They didn't get there. During this, Black Lives Matter, now they say, hey, 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 those, list, those people that you said you have got, you have short, shortlisted, let us see them. Let's give them opportunity. Can you imagine? If now they bring those people to the table, but they're not ready. But I say you will be ready. I pray in the name of Jesus, in the day of your manifestation, 
preparation will meet manifestation. It will meet your opportunity in the name of Jesus. I say when you speak, it will be a voice of change. When you speak, it will be a voice that is new. Fresh understanding. Fresh grace. When I see fresh people on the TV, casting news, people of ethnic minority, I always pray for them. I say, you, they are putting you in the night, but you will be the face in the day. You will make a difference. You will not be a backroom thing. They won't just bring you to be a journalist when there is crisis in the corner. I say in the name of Jesus, you will be a household name. In the name of Jesus, rise up in your, on your feet wherever you are. Begin to claim it. Begin to receive it. Begin to say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I give you praise. I bless your name because I will be a voice of change in my time. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 9, it says, Oh Zion, you that bring good tidings. Get up on the high mountain. Oh Jerusalem, you bring good tidings. I said in Jesus' name, your mouth will bring good tidings. Your voice will bring good tidings. Your solution will be good tidings. When leaders gather together, you will bring direction. In the name of Jesus, not only will there be a voice of change coming to your situation, you will bring a voice of change into darkness. Father, we thank you. Lord, we exalt you. Father, we glorify your name. We bless you because you alone are worthy of our praises. Receive the glory, receive all the praise. For the word that has gone forth today will not return void. Thank you, Lord, for touching our eyes to see. Lord, we do not see men walking like trees anymore. We begin to see clearly. Begin to see as the day. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open our ears sharply that we may hear your word so that we can speak forth a voice from the Spirit. Be lifted, O Father. For we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Why don't you just shout amen? I can hear from you over there. Amen. So be it. Listen carefully. Before we go today, I want to pray for you. If you are somebody listening to this word and you would like to give your life to the Lord. Or you want to rededicate your life. Maybe you are a father and you are saying, you know what? I realize more of my responsibility today. And I want to rededicate my life. Or maybe you are a child and you have been misunderstanding the moves and the actions of your parents you didn't recognize the sacrifice that they have been paying to get you to where you are today is a good day or you don't know jesus christ you would like to give your life to him why don't you just bow down your heads and pray with me where you are and say with me father i thank you for this opportunity that you have brought my way thank you because your word heals your word redeems your word delivers today let it deliver me. I ask for forgiveness of all the opportunities I have lost, that I have wasted. Today, come into my heart. Be Lord over my life. Open my eyes to see the path of righteousness, that I may walk in it. Thank you, Father, for a new robe upon me. Thank you for the scepter of righteousness. Thank you for accepting me in the beloved. Be glorified, Father. Fill me with your spirit from this day that I may shine for you. In the name of Jesus, touch my tongue that I will be a voice of change to my family and to those around me. Deliver me from associations that are pulling me down. Thank you, Father. I love you. I bless you. I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 
0597-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again.